but hey, we are super glad that you've uh, decided to join us for what is our second podcast. Uh, excited about the opportunity to be able to invest into you, a life group leader at Liberty Baptist Church. Last podcast, we talked about, uh, we introduced uh, the sermon series that just began titled Abide, uh, and then we talked about um, Abide in the promise of heaven, and, and what a great truth that is that we found in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Uh, today, uh, we'll be looking ahead to uh, next Sunday's sermon, uh, which will be coming out of John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, and then verse 26. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, Abide in the promise of the Holy Spirit. So at the table with me is um, Kyle Valer and Brian Alderman, and uh, so as we get started, maybe hey, uh, we're we're just on the other side of Memorial Day, and summer is here. Like, uh, so what's going on? What what do you guys have planned for the summer, real quick? We got a number of trips and traveling things that we'll go to. Uh, so we'll be in New Orleans for the Southern Baptist Convention here in a couple weeks, and come straight back from that to do student camp here yes. uh, in Chelsea with the Liberty Students. And then, um, let's see, later on in the summer, we'll head out to Tacoa, Georgia, uh, take Eli to Pine Cove, uh, where oh, he'll do that cool. for the second time um, up there, somewhat in the mountains, beautiful place, and we'll have a lot of fun. It'll be good. Yes, for sure. He'll, he'll have a, a big time there. Oh, yes. Yep. Y'all doing any sort of vacation? We will do a vacation to go see my parents. Uh, we've got a beach house for all oh, the nice. Alderman families, oh, so cool. all, you know, 19 or 20 of us, whatever it is, will be there in Orlando, uh, well, at, at the Central Florida beaches, uh, first week of July. Good. Yeah. How That's about you cool. guys? Yeah. We're um, going in July. We, we wait until it gets really hot yes. uh, to go to the beach. Um, so we'll go out there and try not to get scorched. Um, but we always enjoy going to the beach. I have a real strict schedule of, well, doing Imagine nothing. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> strict schedule. Uh, yes, for Excel sure. Excel spreadsheet. Of well, just because I carried on a clipboard activities. means nothing. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> That's true. Got your whistle. <laughs> uh, what beach do you all go to? We'll, we go to actually go to Panama City uh, to the on the west side, though, over near Laguna Beach. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone there several nice. times. It's really nice. It's awesome. In the same kind of time frame, I guess, July, late July, we'll head down to Dolphin Island. That's it's kind of become the last several years our, our go-to. Uh, kind of like you, nothing yes. to do yes. uh, except just go relax. And, and relax so. and eat good food. Yes. That's good. Yes. Yep. So. Awesome. Well, let's talk about um, John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, and verse 26. And verse 26, not to be forgotten. I can't remember, last week, did we read this passage uh, before we dove in? We did not. Okay, well, uh, then what we'll do is we'll just give some highlights, but this does kind of fall right in the middle of uh, chapter 14. Pretty familiar verses. Um, Jesus is cyclical with his teaching throughout this passage. So he says a point, uh, makes another point, comes back to the first point, and uh so you see language that sounds hopefully pretty familiar to you guys and gals as our life group leaders. There's a number of things that I wanted to highlight just from this passage. Number one, this is where uh, Jesus introduces the concept of the um, counselor. And so we'll come to his role in just a minute. But it begins, um, he, he flows into that with this like almost, you know, surprise statement of, if you love me, mm. you'll keep my commandments. Mm. And so... Um, you know, as Christians, we'll talk a little bit in your life group lesson about legalism and how we avoid uh, falling into the sin and the trap of legalism. 
um, which works in order to earn as opposed to working because we are motivated by the love that the Lord places in our hearts. Um, And that's why Jesus sets up this whole passage with that first statement. Hey, if you love me, that means that a work has been done on the inside of your heart Mm -hmm. that causes you to want to live different, you know, if you will, to be a student who lives changed Um, and, and, and sets that up for his disciples to see. Um, now, of course, in this moment, he's told them he's going away. Yeah. And so there's trouble in their hearts, like we talked about last week. They're scared. Uh, they don't know what in the world he's trying to get at. And then he makes them this promise that, you know, hey, when I go away, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another counselor. And that's that word in Greek. You've probably heard it, paraclete. Um, and it comes from two different words, uh, para, which means alongside of, and then uh, kletos, which is like a helper. Uh, or you can think of it in the, you know, the idiom, a pair of cleats helps you when you're, you know, running on the football field or running track or whatever. Uh, but this word is critical to our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to dive deep and study it if you get time. Typically, three different uh, translations are going to come out of it. Comforter, counselor, and advocate. Um, and those are three things that the Spirit does in our lives that Jesus introduces here. Um, but he also introduces a number of other things. Number one, there is certainty that comes with the promise of the Holy Spirit in this passage. Mm, Jesus good. says he's going to ask the Father, and he will send us the Holy Spirit. Not maybe, not if you do this. Mm. No, he will send the paraclete. And then he promises also that the, the Spirit will be with us forever. So this is the comfort that comes to the disciples, right? Even though Jesus is leaving, even though he's going away, the comforter he's going to send in his place will be with them forever. He's never going to leave. Um, at the end of our passage in verse um, 26, Jesus makes additional promises about the Spirit that he's, number one, sent in the name of the Son. He's sent in Jesus' name. Uh, he is going to teach them uh, all things, and then he's going to remind them of everything that Jesus has told them. And so there's wow. that two-sided teaching ministry of, hey, the, the, the issues that you deal with uh, later in your life, later in the time of, as history unfolds, the Spirit is going to be the one who continues to instruct the church, here's how you need to deal with this situation. Here's how you need to move through this controversy. Here's how you need to navigate this time period of your life. And then he's also going to be the one who reminds us of the things that Jesus did say. Um, and so that twofold ministry is uh, very, very important. Um, backing up a little bit, Jesus uh, drops this statement that um, he is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Um, and then he says the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. Yeah. Um, if you are going to receive the spirit of Jesus, you have to receive the lordship of Jesus himself. That's how we open that door um, in order to receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And so he's telling his disciples, hey, there's going to be something inside of you which is not inside of the people that are around you. But then he makes uh, the statement to them, even though the world can't receive him because they, they don't see him or know him, it's going to say, you disciples, you do know him, mm. because if you know me, you know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, kind of in the same way where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Um, the same thing here, Jesus and the Spirit are one. And then he, this really cool phrase, which obviously connects to our sermon series, he says that you do know him because he remains with you. That word is abide, right? Yeah. He abides with you. He dwells with you. Dwells yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and he will be in you. And that change of preposition there is critical yeah. uh, because Jesus certainly is able in his bodily existence to be with the disciples. But as a physical body, Jesus mm. cannot be in his disciples, mm. right? The spirit is able to do that. Yes. And he fills each one of us as, uh, as, as Christ followers and is, is in them. Um, just some other passages real quick that as we think through this, I want to encourage you all to look at as you prepare. Uh, number one, look at John 1 and remind yourself of what happens there in the, in, uh, the intro to the Gospel of John, um, where he talks about how Jesus is this light that's shining in the darkness, and the darkness can't overcome it, yeah. um, and how that connects with the ministry of the Spirit leading us into truth. Uh, certainly read Acts chapters 1 and 2, where Jesus once again makes the promise of the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And then in chapter 2, when that promise is fulfilled at Pentecost. Um, other passages, Romans chapter 8, uh, it would be very important. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where you read of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here's how you can see when the Spirit is operating inside of somebody. And then um, I wanted to remind you as well of 1 Corinthians 6, 19, in which Paul says our bodies are temples of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Um, certainly there's a thousand things that we could say about that and more that could be said about this passage. But before I, you know, just let Kyle and Matt give some feedback there, um, I want to ask this question. Uh, this is a quote from a book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan, which is um, about the Holy Spirit. And um, life group leaders, this is critical because here in 21st century United States of America, um, we live remarkably comfortable mm -hmm. lives. It's very, very easy for us to be comfortable. And so Francis Chan asks the question in making his case that we have kind of forgotten about the ministry of the paraclete, of the Holy Spirit. He asks this question, why would we need to experience the comforter if our lives are already comfortable? It, it's really crazy that you say this because just last night Tony and I were talking and in in our conversation was I think there's times in our life that we get in such a comfortable routine that almost a rut to where we're doing the same thing over and over and over again it's almost like right. we could do it on autopilot yep. and we there's not really maybe not necessarily a need for God or need for the Holy Spirit until that crisis comes, how cool would it be that as believers, as Christ followers, that we lived in such a way that we had a dependency on yeah. the Holy Spirit's direction yeah. and wisdom and guidance, even in the good times, hmm. uh, as opposed to only leaning on and looking for in the struggle times. Right. And I think that's what this passage is saying. Hey, I, I'm here. And I want to provide that guidance and direction that you need. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. yeah, and the fact that God puts His Spirit within us uh, shows that uh, He intends for us to remember that we always need Him with us. Like, in the sense of, um, there's not a moment where He's not in us because there's not a moment that we don't need him that's with good. us, if, if that makes sense. So It does, and that's, that's super important, too, going back to what Jesus said at the beginning, that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? Because if his spirit is inside of us, when we don't, the Bible tells us this, when we don't keep his commandments, we grieve yes. the spirit. The spirit wants 
to use our body as a vessel to obey and glorify the Lord as that temple, yeah. right, that leads other people to worship him and to obey him as well. Uh, and so when we, when we sin, we demonstrate uh, or we, we grieve uh, the spirit who lives inside of us. Yeah. 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 Which shines a spotlight, a bright spotlight on the reality, just that continual message of why we need to be in God's Word, why we need to have this regular diet uh, of truth into our lives so that when we're stepping out of the, the way that He, that God would have us to live, we know that, and, and it's because of our time in His Word. That's right. Um, so, yeah. integral. There's another tie there, and we'll come to that uh, later. But, um, well, actually, I think it's John 17, so it may be outside of our scope for this sermon series. Um, but where Jesus, in the same dialogue, says, um, sanctify them, the disciples, mm-hmm. by your truth. And then he says, your word is truth, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just the ministry of the Spirit that leads us into the truth, uh, though he certainly does because he's the Spirit of truth. But through his word, mm-hmm. he's, that's how he does it. That's the mode. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Questions uh, that as we think about, um, we look at this passage, and, um, you know, obviously as we talked last week, uh, this is a discussion-based curriculum uh, that we um, provide. And so questions maybe as you look through the content uh, that you would go, hey, I may park here for a little bit and maybe expand on this a little bit. Yeah, I think it's really important to confront that issue of legalism. And so there's a great, uh, there's a great question right toward the beginning of the understanding session in the Life Group material. Uh, how is obeying Jesus out of love different mm-hmm. from legalism or different than legalism? Uh, there's a great you know, little anecdotal question uh, that some people will sometimes ask, right? If you were, uh, and, and, and this connects with the legalism conversation, right? But if you were on trial for following Jesus, would there be enough evidence mm-hmm. to convict you? Now, again, how you approach that question is not, uh-oh, I don't think there would be enough evidence to convict me, um, so I better get on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you approach that question is, man, if the Spirit's inside of me, if He's moving and animating the actions of my life, then I should be demonstrating uh, fruit that's consistent with the Lord. So, But have that conversation about legalism and how it's different from being motivated by uh, the love that God places in your heart. It, it's so easy for us, though, to, to slip into legalism oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and abide by the rules That's right. uh, and step by step. And if you miss a rule, then you're out. Yep. Uh, but to, to be able to live in grace and to live by the wisdom and direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, yeah, it's a dangerous place that's so easy to slip into. And to have the eyes uh, that don't judge others in the same way, right? Mm, because yeah. it's not just me living my life according to uh the love that God's placed in my heart for him. But it's also looking at other people and not judging them based on like, well, if they just pony up and get their act together. Sure. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's an important conversation. Uh, Second, uh, another question that I'd highlight, what would you say to a person who claims to love Jesus but doesn't want to obey his word? Um, I just think that in our cultural moment, you know, cultural Christianity is still, uh, you get, at least in our, our context, a little bit of cultural, you know, um, clout for that, mm. right? So mm. you'd be a good person. Oh, yeah, I believe in God kind of thing. And so how do you engage that person? How do you have a conversation with them when they say, yeah, I love Jesus, but their life does not testify? Uh, and then I think just being real personal and making sure that before you teach this session, you have thought through the question what are some ways that you have experienced the help 
or the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. You have to be ready to answer that question because if you don't lead the way, nobody in your group is going to answer that question. Uh, making sure that you can testify, here's what it looks like when the Holy Spirit does comfort you. Uh, and then again, just the same kind of idea, um, a couple questions later, where have you felt the Holy Spirit working in your life recently? Going in the same direction, just be ready to testify of what the Holy Spirit's done in you. In, in, the, in the responsibility as Christ followers to be aware of, to be active in our faith, as opposed to our faith being something we show up on a couple Sundays a month, maybe, uh, but to be actively involved in our walk with Christ and, and helps us be more aware of the work of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Good. Um, so as we think about uh, questions, uh, we also want to be certain to include our measures in how um, we equip our uh, folks in our groups um, to grow in those identities as a Christian, right? That's what we're saying the measures are. They're, they're roles of a, uh, of a believer. So, uh, Kyle, things that you would point out? Yeah, just the really the central... Um, uh, place of the Holy Spirit when it comes to growing in our measures, because this is what he does in our lives is sanctify us. He's growing us into Christ's likeness. So um, that doesn't happen apart from the work of the Spirit. And so these measures, as we look at them, like the Holy Spirit is all, all about this uh, and us growing into who we are in Christ. And so looking at the measures, I really think a couple stand out to, to me as I look at them. Uh, the first one, you know, what friend needs you to speak truth to him or her about trusting and listening to the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. um, there's such confusion nowadays about what real friendship is and, you know, you're a friend to me when you affirm everything about mm -hmm. me. Uh, but genuine friendship uh, really is being willing to uh, engage a person with truth yeah. and being there for their good. And so helping somebody to apply um, truth to their lives, helping them to say, hey, this is, this is where I see you are right now. I want better for you because I believe God wants better for you. And so this is what it looks like to follow after him. Uh, you know, trusting and listening to the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion about that as well. What does that even look like? Is that just, you know, coming up with what I feel within me, this inner sense? Um, but really what, uh, along with what Brian said earlier, the Spirit and the Word are so tied together that um, this really is a call to come alongside someone and say, hey, how did, how did you... How are you trusting in what the Spirit has revealed in the Word? What does it look like for you to listen to the Word in, in terms of verse 15? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Applying the actual Word to a person's life um, and really helping them to measure everything that they sense within themselves and that they hear within uh, our culture, measure it by that Spirit-inspired word. Um, so really a friend who loves others is, is somebody that is willing to um, speak truth to that friend when it's encouraging, when it's convicting, yeah. when it's yeah. correcting, it's in, in whatever way is needed because you are for the ultimate good of that person. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
And, and then the second one, how will you be a, a guide that points someone to the right path so that he or she can obey the commandments of Jesus? Um, we want to get tangible with things. So when, when we're wanting to guide somebody along, we're not just saying, hey, I, I want you to do, uh, you know, I want you to love people better or I want you to make disciples better. We're actually showing them very real tangible ways. What does this look like in yep. your everyday life? Yep. Um, if you're growing in the fruit of the, the Holy Spirit, what does it actually look like to go from being a person who maybe gives in to fits of anger to uh, someone that is patient and gentle and kind? What yep. are actual, tangible, real-life uh, ways that that looks? And, and so if you're a guide, you're invested in somebody's life you're able to be close in so that you see them living out uh, truth mm -hmm. or not living out truth, and you're able to help them to make the changes according to God's Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. those measures are, uh, I, I think, really good for, for this curriculum, this, this lesson. Um, I think they, they uh, are, again, central to what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in us. Then when it comes to the live it out, uh, mm -hmm. I know that's the next part of, of the curriculum, and both of these live it out points are, are really good. They start um, with a, a personal kind of thing. Identify where you need to receive truth and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. So, again, that's going to involve searching the Scriptures. How many things do I decide on a weekly basis without ever taking them to prayer, without ever taking them to the, the Scriptures? How many questions do I wrestle with without turning to uh, that helper that has been given to, to me to, to dwell within me and to, to teach me and remind me of what Jesus has said, what God has said in his word. Um, so I think that's a, that can be a convicting question yeah. um, and one that we can then say, all right, this next week, what are the things that I'm facing? I don't need to go about this in, in, in a way that seems like I don't need to rely on God. I need to go about it in the way that, that says, yes, I need his guidance. And that, that means going to prayer, going to the scriptures, going to God's people and asking yeah. for their counsel. Um, and then the next one, who needs to stop acting on their own understanding but instead rely on the Holy Spirit for guidance? How will you share that with them? Again, we go from uh, getting the plank out of our own eye, in a sense, and now moving to those that are around us and saying, okay, um, who do I know uh, that really needs to be encouraged in this? And then this is a challenge to engage them with yeah. what we ourselves have work, worked through and walked through. So. Yeah. But before we go to, to close up and look at some announcements, let me just encourage the life group leaders with the Live It Out. Uh, these are, I, I like to refer to it as soft accountability, right? We can't lord this over anybody. But life group leaders, let me just encourage you to, as you begin the lesson, to look back at last week's Live It Out and to begin the lesson time with just a reminder of, hey, these are the things as we looked at last week's content, as we looked at last week's passage, uh, this is how we, we challenged, we were challenged as a group to go now go out and apply uh, this passage to apply God's word to our life. And that's what this is about. Uh, and, and so let me encourage you, life group leaders, to, to not forget about or to overrun it out of time and just throw the live it out in there, you know, really quick at the end. But to, to give time, to give weight 
to the live it out because that's the application. That's the, okay, so now here's the truth of God's Word, and let's go apply it to our, our lives this week. So use that as, a, as bookends to the time together uh, of looking back at last week's and then wrapping up this lesson uh, as we look at and challenge each other to apply that truth. And, and that's really a picture of what abiding is. Mm, come on. Like if you're not applying it and you're just learning it, you're not abiding. Yes. Uh, as you were saying earlier, Brian, like it's not just the teaching, it's not just the reminding, but it's actually the empowering you to yep. follow That's right. and, yeah. and to obey. So it's more than just more knowledge uh, that you've placed between right, your ears. So the, yeah. yeah, I think the the live it out will probably be even easier to kind of tangibly put into practice than our previous series that was kind of yeah, right. kind of mm, yeah. very Good. different. This one will sure. be a little easier to apply, but. It doesn't happen unless you actually yeah. do it. Yep. So be sure to give some weight to that as you prepare your lesson and as you wrap up your lesson together. It's excellent. I want to remind you all that uh, probably as you're listening to this, depending on when, uh, we are in the middle of VBS, Vacation Bible School, this week at Liberty. So somewhere between, I don't know, 300 and 400 kids probably are on our campus at this moment. So I want to challenge and invite you to just pray for that even as you listen and be thinking of uh, of, of um, what the Lord wants to do there. Many of you are serving in that, I'm sure. And then I do want to remind you as well that student camp begins uh, June the 15th. So that's coming up really quick as well. We decided to just cram everything that we could into two weeks and knock it out as far as next-gen ministries go. Yeah, highly intentional decision. Um, nevertheless, be in prayer. If you have students that uh, or parents of students that you know have not signed up yet, then encourage them to do so and certainly be in prayer for our students as they do that. Yep. Thank you for listening and looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.